Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Daily Diatribe. Uh, today is the 10th of April in the year 2020. Uh, today is Good Friday, as most or all of you know. Uh, it is important that at about 1 o'clock this afternoon, uh, Jesus Christ, the Messiah, was killed by the, you know, was condemned to death by the Sanhedrin and was crucified on Golgotha. Uh, many years ago, I visited Golgotha and was fortunate enough to see the exact spot. Uh, it's guarded very carefully by the Eastern priests. And it's actually very interesting. Uh, because while I was there, there's a great uh, thing that they don't, they don't really have it confirmed, but it's a, an interesting thing to think about. They said that on top of Golgotha is the place where Adam and Eve died after their lives, and so their bones were deep in the earth, and that the blood of Christ went down into the soil and washed the original sin off of Adam and Eve, which I think is, you know, great symbolism right there. Great symbolism. And I think in this time that there's also a lot of symbolism to be drawn, that most of the states in the United States are peaking around this time in their death tolls. Uh, and that's just something to think about as we go forward into this, you know, time of I guess, suppose, a time of tribulation, I guess I would say. So, as usual, I would like to welcome my my co-host here for the evening. We have, of course, operating from the wilds of the Upper Peninsula, noted cone murderer, uh, <laughs> Red. Uh, we'll talk about that a you little bit later in the show. You really had to do that to me. Uh, you really... Infamous cone murderer, and operating from south of me. This is actually great, because this is how you're lined up on the Zoom. And operating to the south of me, uh, from the... I don't know, from near the Ohio border in a place that Ohio will try to annex just like they did Toledo, is incognito. Say hello. Hello. So, obviously, you know, I was thinking about this today, my mother and I talked about it. It was, I think there is some sort of divine symbolism about the fact that there are so many coronavirus deaths now. Right now. A lot of states are peaking. A lot of states have peaked in the last three days and are going to peak in the next three days around this time of Good Friday. Do you, do you think there's any symbolism in, in that kind of thing, really? You know, that's not the, um, actually, Red, would you like to go first? No, you can go ahead. Um, that's not the first time that question's been raised because um, I think we talked about it when there was the Fox Town Hall with the president and the vice president and the Surgeon General. Yeah. Um, about how Trump wanted to reopen the company by Easter. Mm -hmm. And they were talking about a... Um, Resurrection, not only of, you know, obviously Christ, but also of the economy. And if that ends up not, a, if that, that obviously is not the case, but the fact that everything's peaking mm -hmm. when Christ was crucified, that I, I, I think there's definitely something there. I, I would agree with you right there, because something I've noticed is that just today, just tonight, by the way, uh, it was either California or New York. The news title didn't tell me. It said one, um, a governor of one of the biggest states has already made plans to reopen companies uh, in limited locations and for limited hours just to keep things running a little bit. Uh, so they're already thinking about that. So that's a good sign. Red, anything you have to say? I, um, I'm going to have to disagree with you guys. I don't think there's really like a symbolism to be found. Like, I don't really see the connection between um the peaking and you know easter like i know there's like certain justifications that i don't like see like a reason for that to be you know a thing you know it's interesting because i'm thinking about it right now and thinking about it right now what i kind of see is and and forgive me here for being a little bit crazy uh, you always do but uh you know i was thinking about the corporations in china the chinese government was very reckless in their combating the coronavirus i think everybody would agree with that is yeah. that the coronavirus they knew about it in november of 2019 and they didn't do anything because it would hurt their economy even though it hadn't come to the u.s yet it would hurt their economy and just their economy but they knew if it got out that it would hurt the world economy and thus it would be a zero-sum game after it got out you see what i mean because if mm -hmm. it just if it just uh, torpedoed them, it'd be bad for them. But if they wait till it got out to the whole world, it would torpedo the whole world. And when the whole world economy went down, it would be a zero-sum game. They wouldn't just lose. And so my kind of contention here, and this is a little bit more fiery of me, this is a little bit more 
fire and brimstone of me, but I was saying that everyone who has died of the coronavirus is almost like an innocent lamb brought to the slaughter by the Chinese government for greed, just as the, you know, the Pharisees before the death of our, uh, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ brought a lamb up to either the Mount of Olives or Golgotha and slaughtered it every year. And it was one of those very expensive lambs, the one that Jesus didn't like. I mean, you recall Jesus flipping over the, ta the tables of the money changers at the temple. Everyone remembers that. Uh, that's kind of what's happened right now is that the global money changers or the global, not even money changers, just the Chinese, the Chinese companies, the, the money changers of China have decided that the, their economy was more important than the lives of people worldwide. So like a sort of devious Sanhedrin, they have brought the population of the world up to this altar and, and slaughtered it. They, they've, you know, that kind of thing like that. So I was, I was kind of thinking about that is how a lot of the people who are getting hit hardest by the coronavirus are very vulnerable populations. It's, you know, the elderly, people in nursing homes, people who have pre-existing conditions. So you have this very, you know, innocent population that was kind of brought up to the slaughter like a lamb by the Chinese government. That's just kind of what I was thinking. So even if it's not a timing symbolism, I, this timing certainly reminds me of the symbolism of the whole crisis. So I'm sure one of you wants to unpack that or comment on that or knock me over the head with a brick. So as an asthmatic, I feel particularly vulnerable to what you just said. Um, but um, I obviously we are not capable of interpreting the will of the divine, but mm -hmm. You know, we, we can, can try. We can... What? We can try, but it won't work. Yeah, we can try. We can always try. And, yeah. And it's just, you know, it's it's interesting when I think about that because I I used to be kind of afraid of misinterpreting it, but if if you don't try to interpret it at all, then you're just kind of in the dark. Uh, because I I would prefer because you know honestly I don't I don't know God's plan and I'm I'm completely fine not knowing God's plan, and I'm comfortable with that. Uh, that's something, you know, everyone finds in their faith in their own time, hopefully. Uh, but I always try to, you know, kind of reach out, kind of listen for what God is saying, because it's important that we recognize, and this is something, you know, Pope Francis and Pope Benedict even talked about, is that as you become more faithful, the voice of God grows quieter, so you have to listen harder and harder for it. Uh, obviously, I'm nowhere near as long as my faith journey as those two are, you know, noted scholars and, you know, very, very uh, established clerics, very talented people. But I think that everyday Christians kind of go through that same thing. It's at the beginning, you kind of hear, you know, this uh, John the Baptist thing, you know, the voice crying in the wilderness. At, at the beginning, you kind of hear that. And then as things go on, you know, you, you kind of plateau and you do more reading, you do, and then it's easier after you do more reading for a while. And then, it, you know, it's quieter again. You have to listen harder. God always wants you to listen very hard for the message, so... That's, that's kind of what I think, is that you, God has to make it difficult to listen for his message. Because if, if it wasn't difficult, then you, you wouldn't need faith. It, it has to be difficult, or else there'd be nothing to be faithful about. Everyone would just know it. So that, that's always been my kind of thinking when it comes to that kind of thing. I, I think you're absolutely correct. Um, on a more geopolitical note, where you were talking about the Chinese government, you know, going off on a tangent with the zero-sum game. Yeah. Um, a concern, I was actually watching, you know, Fox Business, as we've talked about before, mm -hmm. um, last night after the show, and an analyst on that was concerned that Chinese G real GDP growth may be greater than that of the U.S. by the end of the year, and that might be the second play that we're not thinking about right now, is that we might get passed up. And that's, that's really terrifying, in all honesty. I, that's... Originally, remember, before we had this kind of mass, you know, not bubble, but mass growth, because if, because I wouldn't say this is, I don't want to say what happened before it's a bubble, but we were actually supposed to get overtaken by China in the year 2015. We were supposed to get taken over quite a while ago, but, you know, thank God, you know, that didn't happen. But now with this happening, uh, it looks like we might get overtaken. And I've, I've been talking to a lot of people around, you know, just around zoom as they say uh and you know thinking about it thinking about it you realize that china has benefited the most from it being a worldwide crisis rather than it just being in china 
because they have, they're an authoritarian dictatorship. They have so much control over their population that as soon as they released it, they could clamp down and get rid of it in a few months. I don't think they've still gotten rid of it. I think it's a lot worse than they thought it would be. They've well, closed, they shut down another city. We yeah, talked about yeah, that. They closed time. down, I thought it was a whole other province. I don't know if it was a city. Was it a province or was it a city? I think it was a city. Okay, so, you know, I mean, you know, a city in China can be really big, so uh, I don't know which city, but... You know, you can look that up and tell me. But uh, I was thinking about it because it's a lot worse than China thought it would be. Uh, Ebola is back, by the way. What? Yeah, Ebola came back. They just had a new reported case in the Democratic Republic of the Congo. You know, that's not really that's something to worry about, though, because no, that isn't. kills people so quickly that it can't spread. That's true, but it is something to worry about in Africa. Yeah. I mean... Even where we like the World Health Organization wasn't involved, mm-hmm. it didn't get to spread that quickly because the problem with coronavirus is it spreads, you know, fast enough without, uh, without showing itself. Systems. Yeah, Ebola, you literally dissolve within like a couple weeks. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I heard about it, and but it's back, you know, just just to. In all honesty, I don't know if it'll do that much in Africa even, because I think they know how to respond to it now. Mm-hmm. But you know I think it'll scare host, people again. You know who the original host of Bats are? Or not Bats, I gave it away. You gave, the original host of Ebola is it was bats. bats. I got it. Yeah! You know what You know what this tells you? That we should kill all the bats. No, not really. No, don't eat them. Don't go in their caves. Leave don't them alone. Sp- don't reopen the wet markets, even though they already did. Just leave the bats alone. There are certain animals you should not eat. Do not eat of the unclean animals. Yeah, do not eat bats. And do not... I'd like to note that Jonah, the prophet Jonah, you know, remember him, he got eaten by a whale, but before that, he reiterated some things that had been said by previous prophets, and one of the things he previously said was, don't eat bats. And then when God... And when, is and, that what he actually said, or are you paraphrasing? No, 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 no. They, there is a part in the Old Testament that says, you know, don't eat bats. No, like, they just had a whole unclean meat unclean meat section that you were like, don't eat X, Y, Z. Yeah. And, and bats definitely don't well, fall. There, there, And there's, there's actually a weird loophole in that. So technically, according to Old Testament rabbinic law, you can eat giraffes. <laughs> because they have cloven hooves and they chew their cud. I'd be very uh, didn't all like, the unclean meats kind of get revoked in the New Testament? Only yeah. specific unclean meats, though, remember? Because I in the in the blanket that uh, God presented to, I think it was Peter, right? Was it Peter or was it Paul? I, I thought the way it went down was Paul basically said, you were bound by the law to prove you couldn't follow the law, and now that you are in the New Dispensation, you know. But it was specifically, uh, he had this vision where God presented him this blanket and it had a bunch of the unclean food on it, but all the unclean food is specified to be uh, pork, mostly, and, and a few other things. Porks and fishes and things like that. Bats were most certainly not in that please start eating this now list. I'm just saying. Number one, also bats seem really hard to catch. You know, it seems like a lot of uh, risk for a lot of uh, very little reward. We have bats in our attic, and I can say that they are wily little creatures. By the way, it was Peter. It was Peter. Okay. I was right the first time. I feel bad. <laughs> Don't doubt yourself. I doubted myself. It was Axe 10. Axe 10. I knew it was an axe, so I guess I... Yeah. But... I think that that was... You know, I think that that was interesting. You know, don't eat bats, everybody. Uh, it's a good message, but I was just thinking about it, because the coronavirus is... Something that really is to blame on the Chinese government because they could have contained it and they didn't. They should have contained it and they didn't. Uh, and I think I remember. I remember a few episodes ago, uh, we talked about Doctor Zelenko, the, the the hydroxychloroquine guy. Mm-hmm. And just today, we got a massive shipment of hydroxychloroquine from New Delhi. Uh, not from New Delhi. This is, I mean, I guess technically from New Delhi. But India. India has basically just sent us a bunch of uh, hydroxychloroquine. Yep. Uh, Thanks, India. Yeah, I know. Thank you, India. Uh, Those two drugs and zinc are supposed to be, like, the thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, and I, I think, you know, I think there's a lot of merit to that. And I think that it's good 
that this that we found innovative ways to get past this. And, you know, I would really like to see, and we'll see this tomorrow, and we'll definitely see this on Easter. If there is some sort of big turnaround on Easter, then I will double down into my, you know, divine timing thing. Yes, prove me wrong. Uh, you know, time may prove you wrong, and then I'll try again next week, because if it doesn't happen this week and if it happens next week, that just means the Orthodox were right about the timing of Easter. It's not fair that you get two chances. I do get also, two chances because of the Eastern Orthodox Church. So my good friend, shout out to my good friend, uh, whose name I shouldn't say, I guess, but I'll just say it. Shout out to uh, my friend Theo, who is an Eastern Orthodox Christian. So if he, if their timing's right on this, I will legitimately push back my Easter prayers by a whole week and extend my Lent for a whole week. <laughs> I, I will still go to church, you know, for my Easter Sunday, which will still be a week earlier. But I will extend the whole Lent thing a whole week if that ends up being, you know, on their, on their Easter. Also, um, so I didn't know Maundy Thursday was a thing until yesterday. I know so you told us that. I was surprised. They just don't have it. It's not a thing Monday. here. I've never heard Maundy Thursday. Uh, maybe you have a different name for it. No, it's just Thursday. It's just the Thursday. But I mean, We've that's... never celebrated it. We've never talked about it. It's always been okay, good you've Friday. you've definitely talked about it. No, we haven't. Do you, know how I know, do you know how I know you must have talked about it? How's that? Because you talk about the Last Supper. <laughs> we've... Well, we've do talked you talk about, about the Last Supper? supper? We've never mentioned Maundy Thursday. But, but the Last Supper happened on Maundy Thursday. But it's never been called Maundy Thursday to me. Sigh. Anyway, there's only... Where I'm from, there's only Good Friday and Easter Sunday. Thursday's not a thing, and the Saturday is not a thing. Maundy Thursday is really, really, like, a, a really old Christian tradition. So you don't get to take the old-timey high ground on this one. Uh, but is is the Saturday before Easter also a thing? It's Holy Saturday. Come on! It, it's, it's all technically holy, though, because this week is Holy Week. There's a whole week? Yeah, it's called... You've never heard of Holy Week? It starts with Palm no! Sunday. It starts on, heart starts on Palm Sunday, ends on Holy Saturday, and then there's the the Paschal Triduum. What? The Paschal Triduum. Good Friday, I don't know what Good Friday, is. Holy Saturday, and Easter Sunday. And part of Monday Thursday. Oh, man. I know nothing. I don't appreciate you changing my name, Roland. Hey, well, we don't we don't use real names on here. It's not your real name. Part of it. Well, regardless, we've gone off on a tangent again. Uh, have you ever heard of Pancake Day? No. Really? You know, today was National Sibling Day. Today was National Sibling Day, and so not. You know how many Instagram posts I saw? Too many. My sister just came in and pinched me really hard. Yeah, I've seen too many. But you know, if I made one, I'd have to make like five separate pictures, and I just didn't feel like. Just doing have it. it be like one of those scrolling pictures. Good point. But then you'd have to decide which sibling goes on the first slide. <laughs> yeah, that would just be in descending order of age. Yeah, but they wouldn't that's what feel I would. that way. They do. Age um, and importance. <laughs> importance. So just a picture of yourself on the first slide. No, no. <laughs> I'm my own favorite sibling. No, not really. Uh, <laughs> uh, but regardless, regardless, yes, Easter Sunday. I'm looking forward to Easter Sunday, but I, you know, I'm really gonna miss having a normal Easter Sunday. Uh, but there is good news. There is good news. And actually, before before that, before I announce the good news, I will say that I I've been talking about this to a few people actually, and I did I talked about this before we went on this whole uh, coronavirus quarantine. Uh, what is actually the goal of Lent? Is the goal of Lent changing a random habit, or is the goal of Lent penance? I don't know. So this is the kind of thing I got, uh, not into it, but we just had a disagreement. Uh, so I talked to somebody who is also a Protestant of the Protestant persuasion, and he said, well, every Lent, I try to break a habit. And I said, well, every Lent, I give up, you know, the meat, fish, eggs, dairy, wine, and olive oil, except for random dates that are laid out because of, you know, Lazarus and things like that and he and I said but I have meat afterwards and he said well I, I that kind of doesn't make sense to me because I thought the goal of Lent is to you know change a habit make something better about yourself permanently and I said well that's I've always kind of seen Lent, Lent as more a, a time of 
penance where you're asking really you're doing these things that you're not sorry you're abstaining from things that you would normally like to do uh specifically like food wise because you are repenting for your sins and you know the sins of i guess i guess if you're catholic i guess the sins of people around you too because that's you know that's kind of a nun order thing that the orders of the nuns will pray all day because they think that they will they, if they pray even their you know a lot of their members of family and other people will actually get out of purgatory because of their prayers uh but you know that was kind of an interesting debate uh i think that there is definitely some merit to you should try to fix a habit and i but i also definitely the way i do it and the way john wesley historically did it the founder of methodism uh was a more penance thing so what do you do lent for is the real question penance or breaking I've never a habit? Done lent. gosh darn it gosh darn it cone killer uh i'm gonna call you that for the rest of the rest of the season no yes incognito what do, what do you see lent as for if i if i practice lent i would say penance gosh darn am i the only one who practices lent yes but you're all also protestants you should practice lent i thought all protestants practice lent no gosh no i feel so alone i i'm pretty sure just methodists like practice lent out of the Protestants. not even all methodists at no, least no, all methodists me. practice some form of lent all methodists give up something yeah my grandma used to be a methodist and um and their church did lent but i don't think she ever observed it people always give up something or start doing something for a month it's like a new year's resolution except you actually do it uh yeah but that's kind of always how I've I've viewed Lent as you know something. Have you come to like the vegan way of life? Oh uh, no, I can still eat shrimp. Well, you're you haven't like made peace with the squirrels now, have you? I have made so I have eaten so much shrimp to make up for the fact that I'm not eating meat. But uh, you know, I'd have to say shrimp is definitely not a steak. Shrimp is definitely not even bacon. Uh, I I I am. I do like meat. I, you know, I like barbecue. I like burgers. But you know, this is I'm giving it up for all a good reason, uh, to remember the 40 days in the desert. And if I was, if I was doing it like an aesthetic or a uh, a monk or some sort of, you know, holy man or or like Jesus himself, I would go into a de I would go into my front yard. And this is, would only be a moderate representation. Sleep in a sleeping bag and only drink water and eat bread for 40 days, which would kill me. <laughs> not li not literally, actually. I'm pretty sure I would very much survive that. Uh but it would definitely be difficult. Maybe I should do that during college. Let's see how that goes. No. People will think college I'm where? people will think I'm protesting something. College where though? I don't know. Because if you do it here, you might get a little cold. If you do it like at Pepperdine, you'll be fine. Oh no, I'll be fine there. I think I think I don't know, but I don't, I think that would actually be much better received at Pepperdine. It might actually give you a stipend for acting homeless. They they would no, they would they would just <laughs> I gotta say, California, this is interesting about California in general. I'm surprised California hasn't had it worse because they have a huge homeless population. Mm -hmm. You know what? They probably are and they're just not reporting it. Maybe. Because the people of California, and this is, I, I don't mean to offend people from California, but from the people that I've met in California, they don't like their homeless population. Nobody likes the homeless population in Seattle. They have a tent city like the, they like viscerally dislike their homeless population which is weird to us because think about it though their homeless people are a lot better off than our homeless people think about it, just it. Think, think, think about it. no but think about, think about it climate wise the homeless people. but think about it climate wise you know freeze they definitely probably have nicer shelters they they have public showers low. what they have public showers in california i don't get why they defecate in public but besides that, you know, but whatever. Well, they're like they're mostly not allowed in um like the restrooms of like uh like uh public spaces because a lot of them is like pay to use. Like you have to buy a product wait, like he, at like a restaurant. Wait or here? Something. No, in like California and stuff oh, with like higher homeless populations. Because I was in Southern California, and when we we would go to the beach, and there would always be you know ten or twelve homeless people. Where did you go to the beach in Southern Cal? Uh Orange County. Newport Beach? Yeah. I spent all my time... I spent a lot of my summertime in Cal Southern California. A lot of time in Balboa Island. I we feel like... rented a house um, like a mi like less than a mile from Balboa Pier. Really? Look, 
Yes. This is when? starting from wait, Maine, wait. but I've never been to California. Have you ever left the Upper Peninsula? <laughs> That's classified. <laughs> the, be the best part is I know you have, but I'm going to ask the question regardless. No, I've never left the United States. Um, I've only met your hologram. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, you didn't meet real me. You met um, hologram me. That's the last yeah, never... point was the one breaking the gavel. The hologram broke the gravel. Uh, <laughs> it was my evil clone. Wait, wait, wait. I must know now, incognito. I must know. Uh, oh, yeah, that's another thing to observe about the, the homeless population here. The homeless population here are often mentally ill or because, you know, the, the when the asylums closed in the 60s, uh, and now we have no place to put the homeless people because originally Kennedy, when he closed them, was going to, like, replace them with, like, good facilities because, you know, asylums are terrible. Yeah. Uh the Great Society wasn't very great for that. Uh, but Kennedy's original plan was to close the asylums and to replace them with, you know, better better facilities. But uh, then he, he got shot, and that rather threw a monkey wrench into the whole plan, and Johnson kind of forgot about it. No, you know what? Johnson had the whole Great Society thing, and I guess he just didn't bother to include that. And that really, honestly, that probably would have fixed a lot of problems. And so our homeless population is just a lot less better off. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, obviously being homeless is difficult, but I, I, I gotta say that the people of California, they're just a little bit less, but now I want need to know what year did you rent a house near Balboa? Cause I want to know if I was there at the same time. 2018. 2018. So that was two years ago. Almost. Okay. I think what month? July. Okay. Then I might've been there at the same time. That That's weird. Uh, that's so weird that yeah, you could have said hi if we knew each other that we could have said hi if, if you're there two years from now when everything's back to normal uh <laughs> no yeah. not, not really but uh it is actually kind of concerning thinking about how long it will be for everything to return to like completely normal mm -hmm. thank you about yeah that. dr fauci was on a podcast with the wall street journal a couple nights ago mm -hmm. and i'm and sure that was a question that was a question. He said, honestly, we don't know yet, but you should never shake anybody's hand again. <laughs> again? Really? He said, ever again? He said, we shouldn't do it. He said, your flu, your flu cases would go down, too, because of it. Gosh darn it. How am I? <clears throat> elbow bumps forever! No, we're just going to go fist, fist, elbow, elbow, and then knee. N now what's going to have to happen is, by the way, I always thought the elbow thing was weird, because I want you to think about this, okay? They tell you to cough into your elbow, and now you're putting Other your side. elbow out there, and you're putting okay, people's okay, faces. Are you really going to cough on the distal end of your elbow? Yeah, but think about it. It's right <laughs> near there. It's right, it's it's less than, it's less than. We need to go into details of what you do. It's less than a foot, okay? It's less than a foot away from where you just coughed. Okay? And if you're coughing into your elbow and then you shake your hands, that's a good cubit away. Okay, but... Oh, that's nice, a whole nice cubit, cubit away. Nice cubit. Yeah. But no, the like... Cubit. Think about everything you touch with your hands. Every surface. Bathroom. Classroom. Your car. Yeah, but you don't cough directly. Dog. Unless you're one of those people that coughs directly into their hand. Then then maybe it's... Different. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter even if it you're not touching it to your mouth. I mean, anything I, you I touch. have a new idea. What's that? Introducing <clears throat> handshake gloves. <laughs> no. Yes. All right. No, I I, I, I refuse. Or, or better All yet, right. we just switch to really, really hard back slaps. <laughs> Do it. <laughs> That's an awful idea, and I love imagine, it. Imagine the whole but... time in the Yig Senate, we just... That, that, that was me. I was, I was doing the handshake and the back slap like I was a... You know, a politician in an Iowa State Fair. I think he did it to me the first time, and I was like, what is he doing? He was like, why? Why Why is this man hurting my shoulder? The upsetting thing to me is, like, I'm able to impress so many people with my handshake, and I'm going to lose that. I know. that, that it, This seems like an award for, for being just... You know what? I shook hands with politicians in D.C. before it was cool. So, so did I. I. I will say that, too. Do I really have to say it? That you shook hands with somebody in Marquette? I've never been to D.C. Oh, darn. But have you ever been to Marquette? <laughs> yes. I've been to Marquette. Um, I have a fun story for when we're off the air about someone that marches MLK. Really? Th yes. That'll be interesting to know. Uh, 
Regardless, that's actually pretty cool. I like that story. Uh, you know, thinking about, you know, the coronavirus going forward, how is society really going to adjust? Like after, <clears throat> oh, Andy's gone. Oh, he's back. Uh, incognito <laughs> disappeared temporarily. And I was like, oh, where'd he go? But uh, no, thinking about how we're going to transfer back, I think everyone's going to be kind of wary of social gatherings for a while. Oh, yeah. You know what? I, I think I told you about this. I hope Tinder goes bankrupt. You hope Tinder goes bankrupt. I hope Tinder goes... I, I hoped Tinder went bankrupt before this, but now we have better reasons uh, to hope Tinder goes bankrupt. You know, I actually brought this up with a couple guys. Tinder. My goodness. I, I have... A, friend, a guy that I know got Tinder because he's a senior in high school and he's bored. Tinder culture like, has been bad for Christian civilization. And I, I, I'm just... And I said at this guy's lunch table, and I was like, if you cough on me, I'm going to get HIV now. Um, <laughs> Only real gentlemen use Christian mingle. Oh my god! No, but I, you know what? I really hope this like completely damages hookup culture because I like now you're gonna be like, where has this person been? You know, who? What could he have? Um, but Get away from me, you filthy beast! But oh. also, um, this guy made the counter argument like, no, if anything, they're gonna see a spike after social distancing is done, because you know. Oh, great. Then, then we'll have another. Then we'll have an STD crisis. That's just what we need. You're, not you baby boom. Exactly. Just STDs. No, not not in the modern culture. Back in the day, it might mean a baby boom, but that's not how things work anymore. No, it's not. Um. God, I yeah, sound like an old man. To see, um, like how this, uh, like the lasting effects of this, because I'm pretty sure people are gonna be a lot more prepared now. Like, oh, I yeah. know. When I become an adult, the first thing I'm going to do is, like, an emergency kit with food and toilet paper. And do you know who is a top purveyor of uh, of these kits is Alex Jones Infowars. Oh, not that guy. In fact, this is is true. This is true. Uh, The fact of the matter is, is that... The way Alex Jones, not his medicines, but his, you know, because, you know, the medicines are, I, I wouldn't, you know, I'd never buy those. But the survival foods that he sold, as soon as the coronavirus thing started an outbreak, I'm reading this now because he wrote this letter. I'm on their website now. It says, the coronavirus national emergency continues to spike our demand for a emergency food storage kit about 15 times above normal, uh, which is 15 factors above normal not 15 you know just times 15 but 15 factors above normal uh, and that's down from a hundred times normal spike at the end of february uh but people have been buying it i mean they have a ton of stuff and i'd suggest not to buy it from him i'd suggest to buy straight from the supplier because he has a supplier you should buy it from them instead of him uh Ooh. but or just make your own in all honesty freeze dry stuff buy a freeze dryer uh or just prepare do do whatever you want do whatever you, want. you know what's beginning to annoy me with the shutdown? What's that? I, I can't it, really imagine. This is killing small businesses, and they, the um, banks that are doing those small business loans, yeah, mm-hmm. haven't gotten the federal backing yet. Gosh darn it, federal government! Can't you do one thing right now? Uh, the answer is no. Yeah, the answer is no. 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 That was a, that was no, a no, stupid no, no, no. question. That was supposed to go through, and then Senate Democrats blocked it. <sighs> can't, they can't wanted just... more. Can't we just give the? Can we just give a small business bailout? We gave a bailout to the big businesses. Let's give a bailout to small businesses. Small business bailout. Small business bailout. Do 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 do. It's it's it's, it's a protest chant. Uh, <laughs> we have a stream where we all we do is chant small business bailout. I I completely support a small business bailout. They bailed out the big banks. It's time to bail out the little guy. See, it, it's so bad that even the even the big banks are trying to give small businesses a bailout. That's how bad it is. So think about that, right? If the big banks are saying it's time we give relief to small businesses, it must be really time to give relief to small businesses. Because not even during two thousand eight did they want to give you know small businesses a bailout. They were they were all for themselves back then. Yeah, I, I'm. Very curious, but also um, landscaping is considered non-essential, except in uh, Warren. 
Why? Or in Michigan, they declared uh, they declared uh, landscaping an essential service. Huh. Well, there you well, go. Okay, any any landscaper or old person down here is hosed. They they would they called well because what he said what the mayor of Warren said is that it would lead to blight if they didn't have trimmed lawns. Blight. Yes. That's great. Is that the word he said? Blight. Yes, he said blight. It would lead to blight. Huh. See. The one thing I enjoy about this is that I get to use my fancy old language and no one gets to stop me. I get to say the plague. The plague. The plague of When the plague cursed our land and wrought economic disaster. Rot. That's, that's, what, that's, that's a good word. It, you can say it rot, rot. It rot, rot. rot. Very good word. Uh, now has rot upon us the plague of death and coughing. The yeah, I mean that that's n not wrong. Nothing you just said was wrong. So uh, no, I needed a plague doctor mask. You know, they you can actually build a not a good one, but you can build a medicinal mask out of coke, uh, coke bottles and cotton. <laughs> I thought you just said okay, coke, and I'm like, I beg your pardon. Does that actually stop like particles? I don't think the right ones. No, see, you're not you're not understanding me. I don't want a good mask. I want a plague doctor mask. See, see, plague doctor masks. See, I hate I hate to be the one to say this, but plague doctor masks didn't work. No, okay. On top of not working, we're filled with urine. I didn't know that. Yeah, they, what they would either do is they would get like really good smelling flowers because they thought good smells would stop the bad plague, or they would pee in the cloth and then stuff it in the front. <laughs> I mean, That's so weird to think about. Well, that was they also drank pee back then to try to study medicine. Yeah, if they were like they they would sip it, and if you're diabetic, it was sweet or something like that. It was it was a, it was a strange time back then. You know, it's also weird to think about. Two hundred mm. years from now, they're gonna think surgery was like the most barbaric thing. <laughs> Two hundred years from now, they're gonna go like, "What? You used to cut people open." Because no, they'll probably like have like weird mag, like weird electrical magnets in the future where they can just move stuff around inside of us. Yeah, I mean they have robotic surgeries now, and that'll be that'll definitely be uh, a change in it. But I feel like in the future they're going to be able to do some you know minor surgeries without cutting people open, and then I think eventually they're going to be able to do a lot of surgeries without cutting people open. I don't know because if you're still rupturing anything, you're still going to need sewing. That's true. That's true. But you know, all sorts of things that. Or maybe they'll do, you, know, you see what they, they've tried to do now? They put, like, little nanobots in a pill and you swallow it and, like, fixes stuff on the inside. Yeah, I wouldn't trust that for a couple more decades. No, personally. but I said 200 years from now. So, who knows? Who knows 200 years from now? I won't be alive. Uh, or will you? If my kids cryogenically freeze me and then unfreeze me... I will say either, I will say, you know, why? Why did you do Let me die! Exactly. It will be your own Futurama episode. You know, it's just, <laughs> it doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. I, what I think might happen is that, like, lifespan, it gets increased so much that you just might live to 200 just cause. I don't, I, I don't, I think that's a little too long. Methuselah part two. Methuselah, I mean, let, let's be honest, I remember... Noah lived to be 500 years old. Uh, I don't know how old Methuselah... Was he 700? I forget. You know what? I know Adam was 900 and something. Imagine how many crossword puzzles he could have solved. <sighs> That's what you're focusing on. The important on. questions. The important questions. Always ask here on the Daily Diet Tribe. But like... How exactly do they live to, you know, like, hundreds and hundreds of years old, and now we're, like, stuck with less than 100 years in the modern day? I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? Uh, I kind of wonder, you know... Well, number one, years were shorter then. They were only 10 months then, I believe. The Hebrew calendar. It was only 10 months. Huh. Uh, and so that was different. And then, of course, they were closer to God back then. 
you know, he, he still, you know, would make direct contact back then before we kind of, before the world became so corrupted with sin that we could barely hear him anymore. We blew that one. Uh, but that, you know, that's, that's not, not something that's going to change anytime soon. Now, now, because we're nearing the end of the episode, I will now ask you to tell the Cohen story. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, let, let me give you some proper intro music for that. Uh, so, I won't be able to hear the intro music, so nope, you're going to have you won't, but the audience will. And this is all for their enjoyment. Uh, so, now, on the Daily Diatribe, it is time. It is time for hearing a story about Red killing some cones. Hopefully not, but I just played 18 seconds of the Benny Hill theme. So it's now time to tell us about the wacky story. Today, I was in the McDonald's parking lot, and I hit a cone, and um, I didn't realize. So when I was driving up near a, um, a trash can to throw away trash, I took the cone with me, so it was stuck under the tire. <laughs> and... Um, my dad heard, so he made me stop the car. Will the cone be pressing got... charges? No, it's a cone. We put it back. <laughs> so what you said is you, you basically, it was a hit and run, is what you're telling me. Yes. You killed the cone, and then you just and propped it up. It back. And um, my dad heard the scraping noise, so he um, he like got it out from under the attire. And then he made me hand him his phone so he could take a picture of it. And he posted it on Facebook to shame me. So really you were brag. your dad was bragging about you murdering the cone. Yeah. This, this, this is problematic. Uh, so look, this is why red is a cone murderer. Or I'm not a good driver. Okay. My friends refused to drive with me during the drive red segment because I was endangerment to myself and others. I hit the curb every single time. In I almost hit mailboxes every single time. I almost hit a tree once. You can't stop me. <laughs> In what model vehicle? I don't know. It was just a car. A T-34 like, a tank? Car, like a large car, an SUV. A T-34. No, it was a very small car. A King, a King Tiger. Uh, an M1A1 Abrams main battle do tank. Do never assume how good of a driver I am. Because you will always overestimate me. Well, Ed, I told you about the cars I had to take driver's ed in, right? Huh? What? What car? I told you what cars I had to take driver's ed in, right? Actually, like, please tell us because this is this. Well, is okay, the six hours of, of supervised driving were in Malibu, but to after I got my light after I got my permit, I had to do in either a suburban, a Silverado, or a large van. So basically, I can park just about anywhere or anything now. But I'm I'm still confused on how you hit a mailbox with a small car, including a cone. I didn't hit the mailbox. I almost hit it, and it was multiple mailboxes. So. But like your margins of air, like you know how much space you have in the road in a small car. Yes. <laughs> I, I would like to note that I am a bad driver, but I or I'm a good driver who looks like he's a bad driver because I've never gotten into like any accidents or anything. Okay. Like let's just take a minute here. But but wait a minute. Wait, I gotta finish this. But every time my friends ride in the car with me, they think they're about to die. Like, my friend was in the car with me, and he was like, oh, my God. You know, just like, are we going to survive this? We did. And we didn't actually almost get hit or hit anything. But Incognito is now drawing a model of the road. It's a little crooked, but that's fine. And is now drawing what appears to be a model of a small car, correct? Yes. Are you are you drive shaming? A little bit. Sigh. Here, how do you, um... Look at, look at, look at, just look at all this space. Okay, okay, wait a minute. I do, I do have to say something, though, from experience. People on the other side of the line always drive really close to the line. Yeah, like, even then, look at how much space you have. And keep in well, mind okay, that... I don't think the car was that sk that skinny. I don't think she was riding a car that's doubled the width of a bicycle. Were no. You? 
Here, how do I draw on this? I need to show you it from my perspective. Okay, we can have this argument later. Is there anything we should finish on before you resume the the argument about uh, the argument about driving? Hold on. Oh God. Wait. <laughs> okay, I figured out how to exit full screen. So, I'm, uh, is there anything more you want to mention before I wrap the episode up? Because now we've gone on a tangent about driving. No. Anything more you want to mention, Red? No. Uh, do you kind of want to kill Incognito right now for making fun of your driving? Yes. Uh, please don't kill I'll him. kill him like I killed the cone. Like you killed the cone. You <laughs> saw what I did in that cone. Pretty bold statements for somebody within cone, within cone distance. <laughs> yeah, pretty bold statements for somebody within coning distance. Uh, regardless. Uh, this seems like a good time to wrap up this episode. Uh, so as always, oh, we forgot to do this at the beginning of the episode. It didn't seem appropriate again, though. But uh, remember to like and subscribe. Remember to, you know, share this annoyingly with your friends. Remember the Daily Diet Tribe. We will be here literally forever. Uh, when things probably open back up for the coronavirus, we might come to the, the Weekly Diet Tribe or something, you know, more manageable. Uh, but, you know, the as for right now. The Weekly Wandering would be more of a like. The Weekly Wandering, that might be something. But I don't think we should change our name. Uh, but you know, this is the Daily Die Tribe, and I don't really have a closing song, in all honesty. So, I guess I will just end on... Huh. Anyone have any suggestions? Because I... my All my suggestions are bad. Um... No, can I bring the waiter? I don't know. Okay, fine. Because you're gonna continue to yell at her about this, but, uh, I, I am just going to play... You know I will play. I will play. I don't even know. I will just come up with that. Ah, you know what? Actually, I thought a good one. And I think I've already played this one, but it's, it's a good one to see. It's a good uplifting song to hear in these times. It's a good uplifting song. Yeah, I definitely have already played this, but, you know, good uplifting song. <laughs> Like a stranger in the night Praise the Lord I saw the light I saw the light I saw the light No more darkness No more night Now I'm so happy No sorrow inside Praise the Lord I saw the light Wondered along worries and fears I claimed for my own. Then, like the blind man, the God gave back his sight. Praise the Lord, I saw the light. I saw the light, I saw the light. No more darkness, no more night. Now I'm so happy, no sorrow inside. Praise the Lord, I saw the light.